My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So even though this one wasn't super, super below market value, you know, we bought this property in uh, very, very early January. And even now, it's already experienced around about, um, I would say, somewhere between 20 to 25% of, of organic growth, you know, in terms of how much equity that my client is actually extracting from this house. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder, we're chatting with founder and buyer's agency director, Simon Liu. He shares the story of his client who gained $50,000 in equity organically in just a few months. Let's find out how you too can experience up to 25% equity gain before the season even changes. Lou proudly explains the success his client has achieved with a house in the north of Brisbane, close to the CBD. This particular client was based in Sydney. Um, they, you know, like a lot of my clients, they have they had that initial goal of uh, wanting to build long-term wealth uh, and uh, achieve passive income so they can quit their jobs. That's a very, 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 very common theme with a lot of my clients. Um, and when we set out looking at properties, you know, we, we obviously decided uh, Brisbane was going to be uh, the best place to achieve uh, immediate uh, growth and immediate performance. Uh, with both cash flow and with uh, with with the property, uh, uh, the markets just increasing in value organically as well. Um, when we started targeting areas, obviously we had the budget in mind. Uh, we were looking at a number of options uh, on the ground, but we ascertained uh, that uh, a particular area uh, on the north side of Brisbane would have been the best place for this uh, for they for this particular buyer to 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 get into um, based on her budget, based on her requirements and so forth. So, you know, after a, a, quite a bit of searching, um, we, you know, we had a couple of options. Uh, we, uh, you know, uh, one, one of the options didn't quite hit the mark in the sense that the house was what needed a lot of work. You know, it was very run down. It was, it had, uh, I believe, some termite activity as well. So I immediately passed on that one. But then I got access to a property, uh, it, I can even reveal the suburb, in, in a suburb called Boondle uh, on the north side of, uh, of Brisbane. Uh, the property is uh, um, 
you know, approximately 18 kilometers to, to Brisbane, so quite close. Uh, really good position, right near the shopping center, right near Boonal train station, um, right near several parks and schools as well. Um, and we picked it up. It was a, a, a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, two-garage house, uh, over 600 square meters. So it kind of ticked a lot of those boxes, you know, just a, a typical sort of uh, uh, a bathroom, uh, sorry, a, uh, a, a, an investment property. The, the benefit of this house as well was the owner actually spent quite a bit of money um, uh, renovating the house. So it was new paint, uh, new carpets, new security screens, new blinds, uh, smoke alarms. It haven't even even had a brand new bathroom, a uh, new ensuite that was added, new fans, new LED fittings, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. So basically, it was just buy and rent. It was it was a complete no brainer. So why why was the vendor selling this particular property? The property was it was already tenanted as well. That was another huge bonus. Now this particular seller was liquidating assets. So he he or she must have been in a position where they maybe over overstepped uh, over committed themselves uh, in other areas in life uh, financially, and they just had to get rid of some assets uh, to I don't know maybe pay off the bank or or get themselves in a position that was a lot less risky. But the property was rented to very 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 long term tenants at four hundred and five dollars a week, uh, which was below market rent. You know the the when we did the appraisal at the time it was about four fifty a week uh, was the market rent, so huge difference. Yeah, I mean I see that a lot. You know, landlords when they have really long term tenants, they 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 uh, they choose not to increase the rent on them uh, because you know if they're looking after the place, if they're paying rent on time every single week, then you know sometimes increasing the rent can work against you as a landlord. Uh, but I would say that that kind of difference is a little bit too much. You know, it's important to stay at market rent, but to increase uh, every single year obviously is not going to be uh, not not going to end well for most landlords. So, irrespective of the of the rental, de- uh, you know, the the lower rental amount that the, the client that bought the property was enjoyed cash flow from day one. You know, even at that pro- even at that rent in this current market, it was definitely uh, still cash flow positive. You know, based on the fact that interest rates were. Uh, are about around about three percent or less so you know typical house you know good area good cash flow and what we paid for it was i would say around about uh somewhere around eight to ten percent below market value so not huge amount below market value but it was it definitely ticked a lot of the other boxes that we talked about, you know, being rentable, being good property, good location. And this particular area, Boondall, if any of the listeners, listeners know, is at getting absolutely smashed at the moment. You know, if you just go on realestate.com.au, anything that hits the market is literally selling within hours or, you know, if it even hits the Saturday open, it's gone. Wow. What's so special about this particular area that is actually driving the interest? Being only 18 kilometers from a city, um, you know, it's 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 considered uh, quite a uh, uh, just a typical sort of family friendly suburban area, but most importantly, it's quite affordable. You know, so you know, for a typical house currently, you know, in this current market, you know, you might be looking at around about the um, the sort of uh, uh, six hundred thousand dollar or below mark, um, and you know, in that price range as well, you're getting a lot. You, you you get yourself into like if you're a first home buyer, you 
you have access to a lot of government grants, uh, a lot of first home buyer grants and things like that as well. So I think that's also an appeal. Um, there's some decent schools in the area as well. So young families are looking to get themselves into into, into this market with a long-term long-term um, uh, uh, aspect, I guess, of, of, of establishing like a family home in this area. Uh, and you've got access to a lot of things, you know, a lot of shops, big shopping centers, you know, uh, parks and uh, transport options and, uh, you know, reserves and things like that as well. You're, you're not too far from the water. So I think there's just a lot of that kind of um, uh, livable appeal in this particular area. So, you know, and that's, that's, that's representing growth that's happening right now. You know, so like I said in previous, previous podcasts, you know, we, a big focus of us are off-market properties, properties we can buy cheaply, properties we can buy below market value. So even though this one wasn't super, super below market value, you know, we bought this property in uh, very, very early January. And even now it's already experienced around about, um, I would say somewhere between 20 to 25% of, of organic growth, you know, in terms of how much equity that my client is actually extracting from this house. You know, so when we bought this property, I won't tell you the exact figure, but it was, a, it was in the very low fives. Uh, and when it got, um, uh, when it got revalued uh, very recently, it's, uh, it revalued uh, around about the 600 K mark again, without being specific. So, you know, it's it, and a lot of that was, you know, obviously we bought a little bit below when we did the comparables when we bought it. It was probably worth around about the five fifty mark, uh, and the extra sort of fifty grand on or forty fifty grand on top has been organic. So I guess it's it's kind of like a double edged benefit, you know, not not a double edged sword, but a double edged benefit that we're buying these houses that are inherently good deals on the get go. Uh, but also being able to enjoy that organic growth. And when we pull that equity out just three or four months down the track, uh, it's, it's, it's usable equity, you know, like 80, 90 K equity, 70 K equity is definitely enough for you help to help you buy the next one. And the one after that, and, you know, with the cash flow as well, look, I mean, when we, the lease renewal is coming up. So obviously when it comes time for lease renewal, we'll probably bump that back up to market rents, uh, uh, and that will sort of level out the cash flow a little bit as well. Uh, but, you know, I think 50 bucks a week over over a, a four to five month period uh, is not is not a huge sum in terms of being able to buy something that you can pull out, you know, 70 odd grand equity from. Well, I was going to say, how how do you think the tenants might react? Because it's quite a big jump, you know, $50, $50 per week increase. You know, I, I, most of the time I've only done a 10 to 20 in the process of doing the due diligence for this property, part of our, part of what we do is if the property is tenanted, we actually reach out to the tenants and go, look, you know, in this situation, uh, it's it's clear that you guys are paying well below market rent, uh, which is fine. You know, you've got you you've been in there for a very long time. Uh, you've got a landlord that has definitely looked after you, but obviously this landlord is letting go of this property now to to us. Now we want to be fair. We don't want to increase your rent you know, above and beyond market. But I think what's fair to both, you know, the tenant and the landlord is if, uh, you know, we, you started paying rent that was at the market rates. Coming up after the break, Lou expands on the various options landlords have in the current market. It's a factor that 
I, I think even like in this particular market around the Boondall area, the, the vacancy rate and demand for rental properties is so huge as well. He reveals the missteps he sees buyers taking in the seller's market. And you're hearing about these stories left, right and center. You know, people buying a property and then six months later, they make a couple hundred thousand dollars by selling it. You know, and a lot of people get carried away and they go, you know what, I want to, I want to make as much as possible. He shares his advice for buyers purchasing a property that needs renovation. You know, when you buy any house, you have to spend money to clean it, to do the yards up. You know, maybe it needs new curtains, maybe it needs, you know, new taps or whatever it is. Like all that kind of stuff costs money. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen seems to be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote Property Investory. Lou demonstrates how we would deal with raising rents for long-term tenants by using comparable properties while still honoring both the tenant and the landlord. It's very easy to find. Obviously, you just go to realestate.com.au and see what kind of properties are renting and for how much. So when you kind of present it to that option that we go, look, okay, you know, we're going to increase your rent to market rent, um, but we still want you to stay. You know, we, we, we love the fact that you guys are looking after the place as well. I mean, from, from the renter's perspective, from the tenant's perspective, if they don't accept it, um, uh, they're going to go out, have to go out and find a new place to live in anyway. In which case, they're going to have to pay market rent anyway if they want the same kind of product. Uh, and also, they're, they're unfamiliar with the property. They, they're going to obviously have to move. They're going to come across a, a landlord that may not be so, uh, so you know, up maybe after like a long-term tenant or, or, or maybe there might be issues there. But basically, it's just a lot of risk factors for the tenant themselves. Now, as landlords, we don't need to take advantage of that risk factor for the tenant. But I think it's just fair for everybody if they're paying market rent at the end of the day. Yeah, and that doesn't really make sense. I mean, with a tenant, if they're just already comfortable where it is and they go, okay, by the time I go and move, the cost of actually finding another place, the time and effort, it's too much of a headache. Yep, <laughs> makes sense. Just pay an extra 50 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And look, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a factor that I think even like in this particular market around the Boondall area, the, the vacancy rate and demand for rental properties is so huge as well. Like from a purely a landlord perspective, if you've got a tenant that's refusing to pay market rent, it would not be difficult to replace that tenant. Uh, except for obviously in, in, in periods like December or anything like that or January. But if it's just a normal period of time during a year like in this current market, it's, it would not be difficult to, to find a tenant who's willing to pay your market rent, not even above. So, so I think it, like from, from a investor's perspective or from my client's perspective, it was no risk, a no risk situation. Excellent, excellent. So, I guess with this particular property with drawing the equity out and so forth, you know, how it's just moved so quickly and so organically, 
I mean, this is not a typical example that happens all the time, but I'm assuming that um, the client has been extremely happy with this kind of situation. What what do they need to do in order to be able to extract this equity out? Well, that is really a question for the mortgage broker, to be completely honest. It comes down to obviously their serviceability. It comes down to you know what other debts or assets that they have at the time. I mean, for this particular client, again, without going into too much detail, you know, they, 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 were, they were already in a position to buy multiple properties in the first place. But obviously, having this equity boost is just going to do a couple of things. First thing is to minimize their risk. You know, technically, you know, if they had to sell this house today, they would make a, a tidy profit out of it, you know, just from the organic growth that's happened. Um, but I guess more importantly, moving forward, if they were to pull the equity out, they're really just pulling the equity back out to the same um, value as what it's currently at. So they're not over leveraging or anything like that. Uh, and, you know, for these guys, I think it's just a matter of, you know, having that equity, whether they use it or not sitting there in their offset account to help them progress to the next house and having enough cash flow as well to, to not have to worry about, you know, the house being negatively geared or impacting their lifestyle or anything like that. So... So I think it's a really good property for these guys to um, to leverage off and to expand their portfolio on. Uh, the fact that the physicalities of the house as well, uh, you know, being newly renovated, tenanted already, you know, good area, good good sort of aspect, just a good sort sort of brick foundation kind of property um, minimizes a lot of risk to continue borrowing and to continue buying more properties. Um, now, with that said, though, I, I do need to tell our listeners um, it's probably it, it's probably a good idea at the moment to not over leverage, to not to not borrow as much as you possibly can. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there at the moment that are again having a lot of FOMO and they're feeling like they want to, you know, take advantage of the market or they're missing out. It's growing, and I see a lot of people doing 100% loans. You know, even 95% loans. I think I feel is a lot quite quite risky in this current market especially especially given what's happening as well in the economy you know it's it's really important to have a bit of a buffer it's really important to just ensure that uh you know you're not over risking yourself the cash flow makes sense everything makes sense and if you were in a position where let's say in the next six months you might lose your job you're not in a position where you're sort of financially struggling you know, with all this debt and, and repayments and things like that as well. And also anticipating for potential in, uh, interest rate increases. You know, I think it's really important to to think that, okay, cool. You know, the economy is definitely recovering in Australia at least. Um, you know, that might pave the way for interest rate increases in the near future, not immediately. And if you're holding a property for five years or 10 years, then you're probably going to be exposed to high interest rates. So it's about kind of anticipating what what is likely going to happen in the near future as well. That's really important that you've mentioned that and I think that's a very, very uh, investor savvy, um, I guess, advice to to make sure that you, you do have buffers in place because the last thing you want to do is, you know, you start investing into all this and then you go hard investing but then you don't have anything to cover for tough times, you know, unchallenging, uncertain times, you know, especially in a pandemic, everyone thought that, wow, you know, things are just going to go backwards and luckily it didn't, you know, touch wood but that short period, there's a lot of uncertainty and some people unfortunately just didn't have any buffer in place and then, you know, tough times came along. Definitely and I think like, you know, it's 
I think, it, you know, there's an opportunity there. I mean, you're hearing about these stories left, right, and center. You know, people buying a property and then six months later, they make a couple of hundred thousand dollars by selling it. You know, and a lot of people get carried away and they go, you know what, I want to, I want to make as much as possible. But that's the thing about investing is, you know, it, in anything really, you know, you never know when the top is, you never know when the bottom is. Uh, and it, things can change at the drop of a hat. You know, a new government policy being announced, you know, COVID or some other thing taking off again, you know, that, and you just don't want to be stuck uh, when, whenever something like that happens. So it's really important to, again, just, you know, be sensible about it. You know, yes, invest, invest logically, you know, buy properties, don't, don't overextend yourself. Don't, don't pay over what a property is worth uh, and just maintain a bit of a buffer, whether it's cash buffer, whether it's a borrowing buffer, um, just to ensure that if something were to happen, then, you know, you've, you've got time to make sensible decisions. You don't sort of panic sell or you don't, you don't do anything illogical, if that makes sense. So that's what I'm telling these clients. You know, these clients are in a great financial position. They've bought a great property. They've got a lot of equity just sitting there organically and the fact that we bought a good deal. Um, and they're using that to leverage into the next one. But I, I tell pretty much all my clients this, you know, there's no need to just go absolutely crazy and buy several properties in a, within a month, you know. So, so yeah, it's about balance as well. Which is really, really important. I, I, I totally hear you on that side of things. And I, I'm just curious then for people who are looking to build a portfolio out like this, using this strategy to draw out equity from all this organic growth, how would they be able to sort of leapfrog from one property to another then if they do sort of just take a step back and go, okay, maybe this is not the right time to buy even though the, the market is booming because wouldn't this sort of, it's sort of a bit of a counter theory then I guess maybe what, what we should be sort of doing then. I mean, there's so many variables, right? The first thing it comes down to is an individual's personal circumstances. You know, so what they're living, you know, how much money they're earning how much debt they already have good debt versus bad debt you know what their goals are uh if their goal is to achieve x amount of passive income within x amount of years then as long as you're moving towards that goal that's 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 progress you know it's it's when i think i think one you know just to be blunt you know it's important not to get super greedy it's important not to get greedy in the first place uh you know as long as you're progressing as long as you're making money as long as you're investing and doing the right thing i think that's 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 uh that's i don't want to say good enough but that's 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 good already do you know what i mean like it's not necessarily about like getting as much as possible as quickly as possible because that's where a lot of people people uh fall out um i mean for this particular client they're in a very good cash flow position a very good income position you know this is their uh, from memory i think it's only the when I say only, but it's their third property, third investment property. So given their income, given their, given the amount of debt they have, given the amount of cash flow they have across these properties, you know, they're good properties in good areas, rented out, bringing in a lot of cash flow, you know, and their overall LVR or their loan to value ratio across their portfolio is quite low. It's not like, you know, 95% or anything like that or 90%, then, you know, you're more than comfortable to, to, to buy another property to add to your portfolio without over, over-risking yourself. You know, having a cash buffer as well is super important. You know, a lot of I see a lot of people with, let's say, $100,000 in savings and they spend $95,000, you know, on, on, on a property, you know, leaving them with very little 
just to deal with some teething issues on that house, which all houses have. You know, when you buy any house, you have to spend money to clean it, to do the yards up. You know, maybe it needs new curtains, maybe it needs, you know, new taps or whatever it is. Like all that kind of stuff costs money. And some people, if you don't even have enough money to do those teething issues, then that's probably a good sign that you should probably take a step back and just to recoup your funds, save up a bit bit of money, get a bit more equity out before you move on, uh, move on to the next one. And sometimes it's a waiting game. I think that's a beauty of, of investing in property as well. It's a very long-term thing and it allows people, if you're patient enough, to make calculated and sensible decisions. You know, it's not something that you have to, uh, uh, you know, be... Uh, thinking about you know all the time you know you can kind of just take a step back and let things let the things grow naturally absolutely coming back to the property that you just recently helped your client purchase was there any other potential add value type of things that they could do to that i mean even though the the previous owner already did quite a lot of renovations and threw in quite a lot of things without really asking um it came with it when they purchased was there other potential like development opportunities where they could subdivide the land because it was quite a big block of size I think. it was 600 square meters look it's not subdividable um with that said though there was one opportunity for the property to add value and that was a separate a completely separate two-car garage to the house now this two-car garage was brick it was all you know basically just a separate building and you could have easily converted that into uh, into an extra living space or a little studio or a little granny flat, um, you know, in the future. So that was uh, that it wasn't something that my client uh, my client did immediately because the house was already tenanted. Um, but that would have been definitely a um, an, an add value opportunity as well. You know, just something something small, I guess, that you can do do stuff to. Now, it is worth mentioning that Boondall is in the city of Brisbane, Brisbane City Council, uh, which means that if you were to put a granny flat up, you wouldn't be able to rent it out separately. But I will say that there is a massive demand on the ground uh, for these types of rentals where there's there are two separate living spaces because the trend at the moment is uh, large families or extended families living under the same roof. And there is also another trend where uh, people are working from home, as I'm sure most listeners are aware. Um, and having that separate space, completely separate, where they can set up their own work from home office, or uh, you know, somewhere where they can even have clients uh, come through as well uh, without impacting the main house, uh, is is getting more and more desirable. And that represents higher rents as well. So just because we do these, you know, there's these granny flat potentials or there's these sort of separate living area potential where you, you may not necessarily want to rent out separately to separate leases, uh, there is still a big demand for, for, for this type of property. Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote, property investory. 
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone. 